We like taking occasional field trips uh, for you, dear listener, and so uh, Radio Parallax packed up its equipment and headed down I-99 a few weeks back to talk to the good people at UC Merced about what's going on down there. Mr. McMillan did not accompany me on this trip, and for that reason, some of the audio quality may suffer just a tad. We're in front of the uh, the dining commons here as as they're wrapping up their two hour broadcast here for Bobcat Radio, and we've caught up with the president of the radio club here. And your name, Christopher Anderson. Well, Chris, tell me what's going on. Oh uh, well, we've we've started doing a, a weekly radio broadcast from twelve to two on Wednesdays, and we're featuring right now DJ Connoisseur, one of our best DJs, and um, it's a lot of fun. Well, it looks like it's a lot of fun. I'm impressed to learn that you guys have over 20 members in the club. That, that's quite a lot of interest in radio. It's been, it's been rough since the beginning. We've been trying to build a support group. It's kind of hard to um, imagine a radio station when we don't have one yet. And so when we're just starting out, um, I guess uh, building membership is really key. And we've had a lot of really dedicated people working for us. And I understand by, uh, by coming out here and sort of showing yourself publicly, you're attracting interest and people are uh, signing up. Yeah, we're starting DJ training on Fridays, and those DJs will be able to do like free events or cheap events for clubs around campus. I know that you guys have talked to some of our people up here at KDVS, and perhaps, uh, perhaps some of you guys can come north and do internships or something like that. Is there any of that in the works? I would like to think so. Um, uh, you guys are definitely our inspiration, and uh, any time that we can link up with you guys would be excellent. I'd be thrilled with the opportunity. And Chris, I know you guys are interested in a lot of music stuff. I'm, I'm gonna try. I think I'm gonna volunteer Rick Ely to come help you guys <laughs> without without consulting him first. But I'm sure he'll be willing to. Yes, we'd love to have him out here. And in fact, we're, we're inviting him right now. <laughs> That's a formal invitation. So if you're listening, Rick, we got to put you guys all together here. Yes, come out and support. Thank you very much. All right, Radio Parallax is reporting live from UC Merced. Joining me for our visit to the campus is Jason Knight. He's the general manager of Bobcat Radio at UC Merced, which currently is part of the engineering department, and, uh, and Jason is himself a, uh, an engineer in the making. So welcome, Radio Parallax, Jason. Hey, how are you all doing out there? This is Jason Knight. I come from UC Merced. Hope you're all doing fine. Hope you can come down here and visit us sometime. I like that. You're probably the radio voice already. Oh, of course, actually. <laughs> and you guys are putting on a little uh, noon broadcast. Yes, we have a lunchtime broadcast that goes on um, every Wednesday from 12 to 2. Uh, what we do is that we have an FM uplink that's only 0.01 microwatts. That's a 400-foot radius. But then we also have an internet station. Um, we have the URL. I can get that a little later for you, but um, basically we're broadcasting live over the web. Uh, we have a video as well as an audio uplink just going out to you guys, and um, we do this every Wednesday, 12 to 2, just like I said. It's basically a lunchtime jam, so. Well, and people are out here, uh, I should describe where we are. We're on the campus, and when I lived in Merced, which was back in the Pleistocene era, this was a cow pasture, and as I look out uh, on the rolling terrain in front of us there are some cattle out there but it looks like you guys I guess own like a but a thousand acres to the south here something like that um, we're really only occupying about two percent of our land right now this used it used to be a golf course turned into a cow pasture kind of going back and forth but um, this is going to be actually the biggest you see in terms of land in the entire system 
Well, I wish this was television because it's quite a quite a pretty sight with the rolling green here, with the uh, the blue sky. Rain just passed over our heads here a little while ago. And I think what we do at this point maybe is just go for a walk around the campus. How's that sound? Sounds great. Let's do it. All right. Jason and I are now walking up this uh, gentle incline toward what some futuristic buildings here, uh, which looks like this is like a sci-fi movie. Pretty much. At night, actually, the entire campus lights up. Uh, we have a building up here called the Lantern. Come, when you're coming down, one of the main roads to get in here, it's a little bit spooky, but it's a little bit comforting because it's like a beacon in the middle of the dark. It's actually pretty cool. Well, let me explain to you where we are right now. We're... Just moving on from the from the dining common, walking by the newest dorms. Uh, and about how many people are living in these in these facilities? Uh, about 300. Okay. Anyway, right now we're coming up on the Lantern Building. Um, it's pretty cool. Kind of looks like just like I mentioned earlier, like a sci-fi movie. All sorts of crazy windows and panes jutting off of it. Um, these actually move with the temperature. Um, right now they're completely open because it's a little bit cooler. Um, so it actually adds a bit of insulation? A little bit. A little bit. Um, so I'm not really sure how it's controlled, but I, knew don't, I do know it's controlled. How, how can we describe this? This is like the world, the largest set of Venetian blinds you've ever laid your eyes on. <laughs> it's a pretty good description, actually. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so also... Um, and how do you, what do you do when the maximum it's 104 here in Merced? Is it able to reflect a little heat away? Every once in a while, we actually have these really large garage doors on the outside, um, on the building. We can open up and we kind of get an open air market kind of feel. We have a little cafe in there called a Lantern Cafe. We got wireless internet up in there. We got a power for your laptop. People come in there just to study, just to catch up with friends or meet with professors, which is also, this building is also connected to the library. So it's pretty convenient to study in here. Now, as we look off to our uh, southeast here, there is a large, large structure that appears to dominate the landscape. What is this? This is the Science and Engineering Building. Um, they look like two buildings, however, they are connected. Uh, it's a, basically a giant right angle. Uh, looks pretty sci-fi, just like Lantern does. We're the newest uh, research facility of the 21st century, so we have, have state-of-the-art everything. All right, we are now inside engineering, looking at uh, a bulletin board with a lot of press that you guys seem to have uh, gathered here lately. Well, what happens is that the press is really interested in us because we're, we're such a new school and doing a lot of pretty new and exciting research. One of the things that we have up, we have up here is um, basically using the mind to help control robots. Um, actually came from an idea um, that of the telekinetic monkey that was Finally, <laughs> I, I, I don't think about the telekinetic monkey. What, what, what is that? Uh, so it was this crazy thing that was going on over at MIT where they basically taught a monkey to control a video game with his mind. It's pretty intense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of that. Well, you got a picture here taken to the airwaves, some coverage, I guess, in the Merced Sun Star of your, um, your club. you got a whole bunch of people here. Yeah, this is uh, basically it's titled Taken to the Airways. It was the first group, which was last year. I'm a freshman, so I wasn't here. Basically what happened was is that a radio club formed and then the school responded by giving them a class to make everything legitimate in terms of funding. So that's basically where we are now. <laughs> we you got, you've, got, you've got an antenna, it looks like it's uh, constructed to penetrate through cement? Pretty much. It's a large copper wire that we've protected with PVC. It's pretty caveman-like, however it works really well. As, as, we're, as we're sitting here, I notice uh, there's guys in lab coats over the hill on the little berm there walking around doing something. Yeah, uh, one of the things that we're doing all the time for 
um, the county actually is monitoring the water that's coming through the campus or the river or the irrigation canal. And we're constantly monitoring um, the effects of... So the these guys are out there all the time? Not all the time, but probably twice a month. They go out there and they monitor the different uh, pHs, you know, different chemical contents. It's really do it to monitor the effects of the agriculture in the area. All right, continuing uh, on our way here, uh, Jason's led me into a chemistry lab, something that uh, I must say smells a lot better than a member from Chem Lab back in the <laughs> undergraduate days. And working here in the lab is uh, Chris Ioni, who's the vice president of the Radio Club. Welcome to Radio Parallax, Chris. And what are you guys up to here? Um, actually, this uh, this lab, we're trying to identify a, a liquid, a known liquid, uh, by using IR, uh, refractive index, and uh, boiling points. So You're trying to fingerprint the unknown and then look up what it is. Yes, basically. We're trying to describe what we're seeing, and I must say what stuns me here in your lab, looking out the window, here's green, there's blue sky, there's clouds. As I recall, the chemistry building at Davis was built like a, you know, a medieval fortress, and sunlight was not permitted, so you guys are way ahead of the game here. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, it is a really nice view. You know, um, sometimes we can go out and just relax in the quad, and it's, it's really nice. You can see the cheese blowing in the wind. It's really... So what, you guys are having a radio club meeting later today? Is that, is that, is that true? Yes, we are. We're having a meeting at 5 p.m. Um, How many are in the club? Uh, active participants. We have about 20 or more. Wow. That's, that's a lot. Yes. For a small university, yes, it is. And everyone has aspirations to, uh, to basically all become DJs and themselves. Well, um, some people go towards more of the technical side with more of the computers and um, the hardware um, versus some people uh, do DJing and hosting. So we're actually going to start um, training DJs next week. And what's kind of your time frame on this in terms of getting more operational? And, and I know you got two hours, two hours a week now, is it? Yes, we do. Um, well, right now we're uh, planning on... Uh, well. All of our plans basically depend on our uh, application to the FCC. However, uh, in, in next semester, we plan to add more time to our uh, broadcasts um, here on campus and online. Um, we do have the, you know, the hardware to do that right now, so um, that's what we're going to do. There really is no stop for that. You got the people, you got the, the technology, and you're just going to go ahead. Yes. Well, Chris, you know, uh, we're trying to get this whole UC Radio Network thing going. And certainly, I know people at KDVS, if you need any help from us, just give us a call. And we will. Thank you. And at this point, uh, Jason has led me into this uh, large building that's got these massive doors. Well, what is this? This is a lantern. Um, it was designed basically as a, out, a convertible lounge. We have a bunch of couches in here that people come and do homework on. We have a wireless uplink. Um, and we open up these huge garage doors, let the breeze in when it gets really warm around here. Yeah, that's what they look like, like see-through garage doors. You've got about three that you can just just let the breeze in when you want to. Pretty much. Uh, we only open it when it gets above a certain temperature. I don't really know what that temperature is, but uh, we also have these Thai flags that are flying above. And in the wind, they kind of flutter about, and it's actually quite a, quite a scene to sit here and do some homework. All right, and what visit to a campus wouldn't be complete without a random check with a member of the student body to see how things are going. And we've random, well, not exactly randomly chosen uh, a student who's actually affiliated with the radio. And your name? Renita Ram. 
And what is your major? Sports medicine doctor, human bio. Excellent. You're, I presume, a member of the radio club as well. Yes. I joined because I'm trying to be a DJ, so Jason helped me out here. What, what, what have you got your sights set on DJing? What sort of uh, programming? Or have you thought about it? Not yet, no. Well, I want to put a plug in for public affairs. There's always a need for that, and uh, people don't like to do it for some reason. They like to play music instead. I'm part of that because I'd rather listen to music than public affairs. Dang! I presume that uh, a lot of what you're going to be doing is sort of learning by doing. That's sort of you're going to get set up and just basically go into the booth. Yeah, I'm trying to get like hands-on experience before I can, so I could get the feel of it. And here's a question for you: Do you see using radio later on when you're in sports medicine? I don't see how they could correlate, but perhaps. Well, it's odd because I did get my residency training here in Merced and didn't expect that I'd be on the radio either. So you never know how things will turn out. Exactly, exactly. I'll probably be there one day too. Well, I hope so. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you. And here at UC Merced, there's apparently a matter of some controversy, which has got people up in arms, which I don't know much about, but I'm about to find out. And concerns a tree. And your name? I'm Bryce. And, and the, it is your tree that's the subject of the controversy? Yeah. What happened? Well, I, it all started with this tree. I got it, set it up in my living room of the dorms, had a nice rock base in it, rug in front of it. It was very zen, very beautiful. Not a Christmas tree? No. It was um, a dried tree, void of all the leaves. Had a very unique look to it. Kind of like a bit of sculpture. Yeah. So anyways, over spring break, while it was gone, housing came in, removed it without informing me at all, and destroyed it. What, what was their justification? They claimed it was a fire hazard. <laughs> However, they did not support this until a couple weeks afterwards. I feel they had to scrounge around the law for something that even closely resembled a reason for removing it. Anyways, the law they showed me, he was talking about Christmas trees. Well, and they are a fire hazard because they can go up like a bomb. Oh yeah, but this thing would not have been a cause of the fire at so I uh, see so you got you got petitions going here. What's uh, what's 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 your move on next move on this? Last Wednesday, I put a resolution up in front of the ASUCM Senate, and it passed eleven yes, one no, one abstained. It was almost unanimous. Well, what was what was the voting on? The uh, voting was to uh, say that the ASUCM thinks housing needs to change their policies to respect the privacy and rights of the tenants because they've been walking all over California law. So your issue is more just the whole privacy thing, like it's not even the tree, it's just the fact that you weren't even consulted. Not at all. If this had happened at any other location, there is no way I would have been able to get away with this. This is a almost criminal issue. Assuming you get people to say, well, this is going to be okay, is, is your solution to get another tree? <laughs> I'm not sure how likely that'll be. I'm just hoping to be able to change the housing policy for future students moving in. Fair enough. Well, good luck with that. Thanks for speaking with us. Thank you. It's going to be Saturday, May 3rd. Taking place right here on campus. The outdoor festivities are taking place from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. The indoor super show is from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. It's a free family event. It's gonna be open to the community. Super Show tickets are available. $5 for adults, $3 for kids. There's gonna be a whole bunch of booths set up. 
different people from the community are going to be coming to show some support. If you want some more information, you can contact Chris Abrisi at 1-209-617-1684. Or you can send an email to mac at ucmerced.edu. We got one more track for you right here. Then we're going to be wrapping up. This is Jamiroquai with Don't Give Hate a Chance. Anyway, that is our slightly disjointed report from Merced. We hope that we'll be working with these folks in the future, and we hope that uh, they know that uh, KDVS can help uh, Bobcat Radio join the uh, still coming together UC Radio Network. All right, final item for today's program. We've got just about two minutes left. Uh, comes from an email sent to us by Millicent. In the wake of the recent disasters in Myanmar, and more specifically in China, where they had this uh, terrible earthquake in the southern part of the country, this would be a good time to excerpt uh, some quotes from Doug Kopp, Rescue Chief and Disaster Manager of the American Rescue Team International. This is a man who's crawled inside 875 collapsed buildings. Now, out here in California, we clearly live in earthquake country. We get a shaker now and again. And we're often taught that we should crawl under a desk or under some object or go into a doorway to save ourselves. It turns out, that's bad advice. Said Mr. Cop, most everybody who simply ducks and cover when buildings collapse are crushed to death. People who get under objects like desks or cars are crushed. If you can get out of a building, you should. If you can't, you need to get down on the floor, lie up in a fetal position next to a sofa or a large chair or your bed. He recommends that, uh, you know, when, you, when you're contemplating what to do in an earthquake, you should think getting out of bed, going to the foot of the bed, curling up, and uh, waiting out the shake if you can't escape. He also notes you should never flee to the stairs. Stairways have a different moment of frequency. In other words, they swing separately from the main part of a building. And uh, this causes people to sometimes get chopped up by stair treads if they are in a stairwell. Mr. Cop seems to know what he's talking about. He investigated the collapse of the Nimitz Freeway back in the 89 Loma Prieta quake and noted that the victims of the earthquake all stayed inside of their vehicles and were killed. He said they could have easily survived by getting out and sitting or lying next to their vehicles. He says everyone killed would have survived if they'd been able to get out of their cars and sit or lie next to them. The crushed cars had voids three feet high next to them except for a few cars that had columns fall directly across them. And the final bit of popular wisdom about going to a doorway when buildings collapse is apparently bad advice. He notes that if the door jam falls forward or backward, you'll be crushed by the ceiling. If it falls sideways, you're likely to be cut in half by the doorway itself. In either case, you'll be killed. Anyway, an admittedly kind of a grim thing to close the show with, but I think this is something we should think about. We do live in earthquake country, and apparently conventional wisdom about what to do in the case of a big quake has some serious defects. Thanks to everyone down in Merced and uh, author Simon LeVay. We expect to bring you a report on Planet Fest on next week's program. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. Our intern is Letty Chavez. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week at the same time. <laughs>